Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. It's Adriel Hampton, host of Government 2.0 Radio. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, tonight we have special guest Ben Berkowitz, CEO of C-Click Fix, and Andrew uh, Mueller from uh, City of Tucson. We're excited to talk about new features for C-Click Fix and uh, also to uh, discuss with uh, Steve Ressler and Steve Lunsford the weekend government. Steve Lunsford? Hey, Adrian, how are you? Hey, good. Uh, And I apologize to you and to folks at home for the uh, slight delay there. I've got two computers in the shop and... uh, Dealing with one that isn't quite as uh, set up for this show, and I uh, apologize for the for the delay there. Uh, happy to have you, um, and we'll be bringing in uh, Ben and Andrew in just a few minutes. Uh, what have you been uh, seeing this week? Steve? Yeah, um, you know the one thing I, I'll point out um, since we started I'm a little sorry, late. Andrew, Andrew Greenhill, who's joining us. Great. Um, the one thing I, I would point out is, you know, the president gave an address earlier in the week regarding troop buildup uh, for Afghanistan. And I thought one of the things that was cool, uh, well, not cool, but uh, the fact that the that DOD, you know, really took to um, using some of the social channels to kind of align. As soon as the the speech ended, uh, there was a new site that went up um, online that the Pentagon popped up about Afghanistan and Pakistan policy. Um, I also had a chance to listen in, uh, you know, thanks to that site launching uh, uh, which I which I caught on Twitter um, was able to listen in to one of the bloggers roundtables uh, that the DoD held imi- immediately afterward. Um, so, to, to uh, with, with with both traditional media as well as uh, the the military blogging uh, blogosphere, uh, to to give a little more de- in depth detail about the build up and what it meant and 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 I thought it was just um, uh, re- really kind of cool to see that they continue that the DoD and the Pentagon, especially uh, folks like Jack Holt and others, continue to to use these channels or see these channels as, as uh, you know a critical p- part of uh, their overarching uh, communications program. So, uh, especially you know to get to go from directly from what was going on in, uh, up at West Point uh, with the president and, and the media there, but then to you know make make certain that they're holding uh, immediately afterward as well. For folks that couldn't be there in person, uh, more of a blocking roundtable to, to answer some more in-depth questions uh, uh, as well. Yeah, that was something that it, I, I think it was the first time I'd seen a real uh, wide broadcast. I mean, I knew that was going on. You participated, and I hadn't seen that with with uh, previous uh, troop movements. I mean, this was one of the most significant, obviously, in in, in some time. But it's very interesting to see them branching out all over the place. Wasn't the Joint Chiefs of Staff sent out a Twitter message right away? I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think pretty, you know, pretty immediately. I think that's where it came from, as well as Price Floyd and some of the other folks, you know, the key uh, key folks on the DoD side that that uh, use Twitter and Facebook as as part of their communications channels. But again, I think uh, you know the point of, of the immediacy was what kind of struck me there is that they you know had that as part of the overarching comms plan and. Uh, and and rolled it out to to where it was available for anybody. I mean, it wasn't as if you know anybody. They use Block Talk Radio, actually, uh, the same platform that we're on right now to uh, to hold the bloggers roundtable. Um, so it was available for anybody that wanted to dial in and listen in. There was no kind of registration or anything uh, as part of that um, for the speaker line. So I thought it was pretty cool. 
That's great. So it was a it was an open call in. You had yeah. uh, anybody could join. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh, Steve Bressler jumping in. Um, just one thing I, I saw this week that I actually think um, should be the big news of next week if it if it holds true. But uh, you know, the often delayed uh, open government uh, directive. Uh, word on the street is it's actually supposed to come out uh, early. This week, so um, you know it'll be interesting to see that drop. Um, and actually, um, NextGov, which is one of the cool kind of technology websites, recently did a big survey on open government and where managers were and people were feeling about it. Um, with a lot of the the results basically saying uh, people still didn't know know where it was going to go, and they were a little bit skeptical, but. Uh, you know, thought it was a good idea, but didn't know how it was going to play out. So actually, actually, GovLoop and NextGov are doing the next few weeks uh, a bunch of different conversations on open government and what it really means and uh, what the directive will mean. So I think it'll be kind of a fun few weeks um, for that topic to get uh, some some extra light and hopefully some push from both the administration but also from uh, the actual people doing the work. So it should be fun. Yeah, it, it's interesting stuff because I've seen some conversation going on in the past week or two about, you know, the definition of, of Gov2O, and there's definitely different uh, aspects of it. There's the open Gov folks, there's the collaboration folks, there's the open data, open source groups, and it's, it's great uh, tonight to be able to talk about C-Click Fix, which is kind of my personal passion is uh, new technologies that allow citizens to be uh, greater participants in government and to feel like they have a voice. And to me, C-Click Fix, uh, maybe it's almost like the uh, in San Francisco, the, the metro area where I live, uh, the local paper for a long time had, I believe they still have it, it was called Chronicle Watch, and it identifies a, a pothole or a missing sign or a, a lane that's not striped properly and it identifies the official who's responsible for it, and it kind of gives a, a timetable. You know, it's a, oh, this one hasn't been fixed in 75 days, or this one just got fixed. Thank this city official or this, uh, you know, transit official. Um, ben Berkowitz is CEO of C-Click uh, Fix, and he's joining us today to, uh, along with Andrew Greenhill of City of Tucson, uh, not only to talk about C-Click Fix and its overall um, kind of uh, usability, but also some great... Uh, new things are rolling out in the city of Tucson. Uh, ben, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Why don't you just give us a little overview um, of what C-Click Fix is and what it does and how long you've been around and maybe where the idea came from. I think our, our listeners would love to hear that. And then uh, maybe if, if you want to, then uh, maybe Andrew can jump in and talk about uh, what city of uh, Tucson is doing in partnership with you guys. Sure. Cool. Um, we we came up with the idea about two years ago. Um, I was trying to get graffiti off a neighbor's building, and I was really frustrated about um, my attempts to do that. When I was calling into the city of New Haven, where I live, and uh, numerous phone calls in, I felt like there was very little accountability. I also felt like it was really hard to find out um, what exactly the laws were and who I was supposed to be talking to. And uh, the end result was an idea that if we documented those conversations um, and made a system for collectively uh, um, uh, communicating with government that we might get better results. And uh, I, I talked to my business partner, uh, current business partner, Miles, about it. Um, 
and he had recently actually uh, looked at Fix My Street in England, um, and and was excited about that as well. And and so we we built C Click Fix. Uh, I got instant results to the graffiti complaints that I was reporting on the site within hours, um, and we knew that we had to expand it. So that's that's where it started. Um, at its most basic, C Click Fix is just a tool to report any non-emergency. Uh, issue to anyone accountable for the public space. So that could be your public works official, but it could also be uh, your local community group that picks up the park. So C-Click Fix is part 311 and part uh, collaborative community uh, problem-solving tool. And and do you connect folks with the, the local municipal law and and actually how uh, they get a hold of the appropriate appropriate person or how their message gets to the appropriate person? So the way that works is when someone actually uh, places an issue on, on the map or using their iPhone or uh, mobile phone, uh, the issue gets automatically sent to anybody who's watching that geographic area uh, and has matching keywords on what we call their watch areas. Uh, so they could be receiving alerts by email or, or whatever else, um, what other data feed they choose. Uh, and and that's determined either by them or or a citizen who set them up to receive that. And yeah, you do you do see you are told who has received alerts from from your issue. Great. And uh, Andrew Greenhill from City of Tucson, thanks for for joining us tonight. Um, do you want to tell us about? Uh, it sounds like uh, City of Tucson is doing some innovative things uh, in partnership with CClickFix. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Adriel. Um, I I met uh, Ben. A number of months ago, but I'd been following uh, what Ben and others like Fix My Street over in, in the UK were up to um, in, in order to try to solve problems. My interest in, in this issue comes from the government side. Uh, as our revenue picture at the city of Tucson has gone down, my interest has gone up. The mayor of Tucson has challenged us to find new ways to solve problems uh, more efficiently and effectively and save money in our operations. And in talking to Ben and looking around, I've found that this seems like a great way for us to continue to deliver the services that our citizens expect, uh, but to do it in a more efficient and effective way. And, and you guys are uh, rolling out an iPhone app uh, specifically for City of Tucson, is that uh, so? So the, the way this iPhone app is, is going to work is that it, uh, it is the C-Click Fix iPhone app, but when you are geolocated in Tucson, uh, you'll have the option to uh, go through the city of Tucson's uh, channel. And in that channel, we'll have uh, the pre-selected options that they'd like you to report, for instance, pothole or graffiti. Uh, you'll see the, the city's logo, so you can be assured that you know, they're, they're involved in this, you know, committed to this. And, uh, and just like with other C-Click Fix issues, um, uh, reports will be sent out to the correct department. Hey, Ben, this is Steve Lunsford. Um, yes, yes. Are, are you able to, to use other platforms besides uh, mobile platforms besides just iPhone? I mean, given the fact that, uh, understandably, you know, apps are, apps are cool, right? But not yep. everybody has a smartphone, and, and those who do have a smartphone don't necessarily have an iPhone. So, right. Um, how, how else are, are folks able to use other platforms, whether it's SMS or, or whatever, sure. to be able to... to, to... Yeah, so um, in terms of other smartphones, uh, Android and BlackBerry are very close. Um, 
and and are actually part of uh, our agreement with Tucson, and we will be um, as soon as those are ready. They will have a, a customized um, Android and BlackBerry apps as well. Uh, in regards to regular mobile web, uh, you can report an issue with C-Click Fix uh, on on your you know mobile web browser. So, you know from from any phone that gets the web, you're good there. If you don't get the web, uh, we don't currently let you text issues in, but you can vote to text for an issue. So if an issue already exists, uh, you can vote issue X to 41411, and it will actually uh, add a vote to that existing issue. Um, we've, we've found it's tough to, to report issues in via text, um, but, but we have explored it, and, and if a good way comes around, we will do that as well. Uh, we do also have a phone number that you can call in and report issues uh, to the voicemail. Yeah, Ben, uh, Steve Ressler from GovLoop. Uh, I think Lunsford will be annoyed since he's a Palm Pre devotee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, there's only two of them in America, and Lunsford happens to be one of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hey, Ben, uh, always a pleasure to chat. Um, yeah. me, you know, maybe for some of our listeners, uh, you have any kind of cool stories on – um, how it's been used. I love the graffiti sure. story, but um, it's always, I, I think, pretty rich to hear some other cool stories. Yeah, sure. I, I try to verse myself on the most recent ones right before I do something like this so I can keep it fresh. Um, I, a couple minutes ago, I was looking at a building in, in Hartford, Connecticut that someone had reported, um, and I've always liked this issue because, you know, it's one of those issues that has it has a little bit to do with government oversight on private property, but it really has to do with uh, the perception of citizens and, and the develop, private developers in their community. And um, a newspaper journalist has gotten involved in, in reporting on this building that's seemingly falling apart and no one's doing anything on. Uh, and I just went back to check on it, and it looks like the developers actually posted this really great uh, rendering of what they're planning on doing with the building. And uh, there seems to be a couple happy citizens on there, and one of them saying, hey, you should have shown that to us earlier. Transparency uh, can really help you out. Um, so, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff I really like to see when, when you've um, solved a problem that was really just in communication. Uh, it's cclickfix.com slash issues slash 9499 if you want to look at it. Um, another one that's been or it's really a set of issues, which I think is telling of the way C-ClickFix can really benefit a, the fabric of a community, is in uh, Worcester Square in New Haven. Um, it's, it's a neighborhood that's always kind of um, in flux between having no crime and, and having things like muggings and other, other kind of issues. They've, you know, they started on the site reporting lots of um, pedestrian concerns, so crosswalks that they felt were unsafe and uh, speeding vehicles, and, and recently um, the crime has turned for the worse in the neighborhood, and there's been a bunch of muggings, which they haven't had in a long time. And because they were already using C-ClickFix to talk about these basic infrastructure concerns and pedestrian safety, they felt really comfortable also talking about the muggings and how they could uh, get together and uh, put together block watches, collectively talk to the mayor, improve lighting in the neighborhood, and, uh, you know, you get, someone will post an issue that there was a mugging and you'll get 40 people on there commenting, talking, you know, within hours about, about how they can resolve it. And, um, you know, I think that's really important that, that you can go from reporting a pedestrian sign and trying to figure out how to resolve that issue to then 
uh, talking about a mugging and figuring out how to resolve that issue as opposed to just freaking out, getting upset at the, the police, getting scared and hiding in your house, uh, really focusing on a fix. And I, I think that's, that's kind of the power of this, this tool. So you've got folks not only building uh, collaboration around the issues, but building community around just making their neighborhoods better in general. It's yeah. Yeah, that's right. We we uh, I've, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. I really do think that potholes are the gateway drug to civic engagement. So. Well, actually, that's a that's a good question. So, so, and maybe Andrew, you have an opinion on this as well. As governments get more involved in kind of rolling out these these tool sets that make it easier for citizens to engage, uh, um, are you actually seeing? You know, you're building it. Are they actually coming? Well, we. We're building it now, and we're hoping that people do do come and, and use it. But one of the appealing things, you know, not just the, the bells and whistles of this, but uh, another part of this that's appealing is the quality of the data that comes into the city by using a system like C-Click-Fix, uh, different from what we get uh, through the usual communication systems. So, for example, people call in a pothole, and we have a pothole hotline, and people call, and tell us about a pothole. Um, they describe the pothole. They describe the location of the pothole. They may give a little information about whether it's a crack in the street or, you know, as big as a moon crater. But that's really about it. And then, you know, a couple of guys in a truck go out and try to fix, find the pothole uh, and fix it. With C-Click Fix, what I'm going to get is, uh, in many cases, uh, the ability to get a photo of the pothole. And that's actually better data better information for the guys on the truck because sometimes they'll go out there and use the verbal information they've gotten from the phone call and they either can't find it or can't identify it. Uh, the location data through the GPS is oftentimes better than the verbal description of the location. So that's going to help uh, our operations be more efficient and help us fill more potholes. Uh, how often people use it, I'm hoping that uh, through uh, our ability to publicize information and new programs through the mayor's office, uh, we'll be able to spread the information quickly, maybe even partner with local media and get more people to, to use the system. What, the other big appeal uh, for me uh, and for the mayor, uh, as was described earlier, is that we're going to be able to use multiple platforms, not just iPhone. And as you know, many other cities that have developed their own uh, apps their own 311 apps have used, uh, have just developed them for iPhone. We'll be able to use BlackBerry and Android uh, in addition to iPhone. So that's uh, a very appealing as well. It, it expands the base of, uh, of citizens that can actually use it. And, Andrew, how did the, the city go about? I mean, definitely uh, cities are doing a lot of different stuff. You know, they'll have their, their own website for reporting. They might, some of them are working with. Uh, Twitter and 311. Um, definitely, it sounds like that's a great um, uh, plus that, that you get more specific reporting, that you're kind of guiding people with the exact information you need. What other uh, kind of considerations? You, you've mentioned that, you know, availability of platforms. What other considerations went into using C-Click Fix, uh, you know, instead of one of the other solutions? I know that, that there's not a ton of solutions out there, but... Right. Um, there's a number of, of uh, 
reasons why we decided to go with uh, C-Click Fix as opposed to building our own uh, open source 311 app ourselves. Uh, first is that resources are uh, few right now at the, at the city. Between last year's budget and this coming year, uh, we'll probably be cutting uh, over 20% of our total general fund budget. In the midst of that, we were also consolidating IT operations across different departments, and that's putting a lot of strain uh, on our IT department. By going with C-Click Fix, uh, I don't have to uh, – my IT department doesn't have to build any new uh, apps and doesn't have to maintain anything. C-Click Fix does that. I also think it's appealing to have um, – to have – to use C-Click Fix, not just – because, um, well, all, in addition, because I also think, that, well, I'm interested in seeing what other cities are doing. If the city builds its own 311 app, you know, it, it provides data, the citizens can look at it, but it's individual for that city. By using C-Click Fix, um, and if other cities use C-Click Fix, I can keep an eye on what other cities are doing and how quickly they're fixing potholes and addressing uh, other civic issues, and I think that's... Uh, a worthwhile system to, to support. And then the other thing is that uh, I like how the notification system for C-Click Fix, at least at this point, is an email. So when a, a citizen reports an issue, the city receives an email. I don't have to redesign uh, my back-end systems within the city to deal with a new reporting system. They get an email through C-Click Fix just like they would get an email from a constituent whether it's to deal with graffiti or a pothole, uh, a down sign, weeds in the media, and that kind of thing. So I don't have to do any redesign on the back end, uh, and I still get the benefit of using C-Click Fix as a new way to report information uh, about civic issues to the city, uh, to city staff and to the, uh, the operations side. Now, that's interesting uh, because one of the issues we often talk about with municipalities, too, is when you're kind of adopting new technologies, how do you work through public records issues, retention, that kind of thing that, that's kind of, you know, not something that private companies don't have to think about, but something that you, you may be bound by laws that other folks are not. And having an email-based system is great because I'm sure you've already got email archiving and uh, backups and that kind of thing in place. Yeah, the, the information is, is it's all... FOIAble. Uh, any reporter, any citizen can ask for data now on um, you know, how many reports uh, of potholes or other issues that we get, uh, how quickly those cases are, are addressed. Uh, so it's already public information. In fact, one of my hopes is that if we move ahead with, uh, with this system, that information will be uh, more transparent and more available to citizens and, and even to local media so that if they want to uh, collate the information and analyze it, it's right there for them. I don't have to get city staff that otherwise would be, you know, out addressing pothole issues or their jobs to put together uh, information uh, at the request of citizens or, or the media. So I think there's a, an additional benefit there. That's great. Um, hey, this, this is Steve Russler again. Kind of, kind of, Question for Ben, and this is you know kind of tied with Andrew as well. I think it's uh, kind of a great sign of of Gov2O that um, 
you know, you know, cities like uh, big cities like the city of Tucson are working with the, these great uh, startups like C Click Fix, and uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about kind of your your two years of uh, you know from the beginning of an idea to where you are now, and kind of, kind of how you've seen the evolution of Gov2O and and where it's going. Because I know you're, uh, I would consider you one of the one of the darlings of Gov2O, one of the examples people often cite as a, a as a really cool thing, but Often people talk about it, but no, don't actually do it and implement it. So uh, the yeah. fact that the city of Tucson is actually doing it, it to me, is a, a really, really good sign. Yeah, um, you know, two years ago, uh, for, you know, two years ago, I didn't know what three one one was. Um, so I don't know if that's me or if that's a cultural shift. But uh, you know, for, when we first first started doing this, um, people were just excited by the fact that. Uh, we were creating a system that seemed pretty efficient for communicating with government. Uh, then people started to slowly uh, just get really excited about the fact that we were creating a system that communicated openly with government. Um, I really think since Obama has taken office, there has been a cultural shift. I, I guess I expected it, but I didn't expect it to uh, reach municipal government so quickly. Uh, you know, there are cities that we were talking to a year ago that um, – absolutely wanted nothing to do with taking uh, service requests that might be publicly documented. Uh, you know, those city, same cities now are uh, on the forefront of the open government movement, are working on open data, are trying to figure out how to standardize their 311 API uh, so uh, systems like C-ClickFix can connect in. Uh, it's traditional that government doesn't move so quickly, but it seems like things are moving really fast right now. Um, it feels like the time is right for our tool. Uh, I hardly ever get negative response back from, you know, emails that are coming from citizens through C-ClickFix. Most governments are really receptive. They're responding on the issues positively, giving work orders uh, if if they already have a work order system in place. Uh, or if it's just a small town with 5,000 people, you may just get a mayor back saying, you know, thanks for reaching out and and uh, and addressing the issue himself. So this is it's it seems to be changing from you know cities as big as New York obviously to to towns as small as Bozeman Montana. For the uh, Tucson example, uh, Ben, is there a, a URL that takes folks straight to what you're doing and with Tucson? Currently, so so currently there's not. Um, you know we're part of what we're doing with Tucson is we're going to be building the Tucson's top pothole app. And uh, the Tucson's top pothole app will uh, be on, embedded in their site. But um, if you're looking, uh, if you're, we're, we're going to be offering what we're offering to Tucson to everyone. Um, and if any government is interested in being part of that program, uh, we can start working on that now. And my email is ben at cclickfix.com, and that would be the best way to find out about that. So Ben, what what are the top issues that you see reported? If if you aggregate, I, I'm actually poking around the site. I don't see sure. where you kind of get a top ten. I, I see where you can get it by uh, by location, but uh, is there something that's aggregated that that kind of shows here here are the top issues? We we don't uh, we don't currently do that. It's a good suggestion. Though. I like that. Um, one of the reasons we've we've strayed from categorizing issues or or saying you know these are these are the really big things going on the site is that we don't want to steer bias for what what we um, 
you should be reporting in your community. We think every community is unique and diverse and has its own subset of problems. So, you know, in order not to be pigeonholed as the pothole reporting tool and to allow people to think more creatively about how to their, improve their community, we, we try to stray from that. Um, but if I had to guess, it would be potholes, uh, streetlights out, and traffic safety concerns are huge on there. Um, cycling, lots of cycling communities have rallied around C-Click Fix. So uh, there's a number of bike lane requests, unsafe uh, catch basins, uh, unsafe intersections, and uh, and uh, concerns for pedestrians as well. So th- those are probably the top. And, and is that where uh, where the the idea for the widget came along uh, to be able for for those organizations that ha- may have a particular issue or a particular uh, area of focus that they can just kind of pop a widget on their sites? Yeah, that that was that was the original impetus was you know these um, existing groups that had uh, small websites uh, to be able to bring it bring the widget in house and or in front of their users and encourage their users to, to use it more directly. Uh, what we found, though, with the widget is that uh, traditional mainstream media also was very attracted to using it, and uh, that's been really helpful because that you know sites like the Boston Globe can get us in front of you know hundreds of thousands of users very quickly. And uh, you know, th- again, we're I think we're really on the forefront of something, and we're. We're talking about adapting to a very new technology, so we need as many channels as we can get uh, to to get this tool in front of people, so we can get those early adopters. And Andrew, do you have kind of the same opinion that that Ben does in terms of when you start to roll this out? Will you uh, be looking at providing guidance, or will you just kind of leave it open ended for citizens to to choose what they want to report? Well, we'll design the uh, the list of issues, and that will, I think, help guide people. Uh, I'm sure we'll focus on potholes, graffiti, um, traffic safety issues, um, and, and so I imagine most of the, uh, the issues that get reported will go through there. Um, I'm hoping actually to announce uh, and actually showcase some of this uh, at the Mayor's State of the City address in January, so that will be a large platform for us. Uh, I'll also be working with our um, our uh, television station uh, that uh, produces uh, documentaries and other, you know, public information for the city uh, and work with them on putting together a demo uh, that we'll then be able to put up on the website and on uh, the city's cable channel. Uh, and that, that's got pretty good penetration throughout the community. Another way, uh, and Ben alluded to this earlier, uh, one good way to uh, to get this technology out there is to work with the cycling community. We have a very active, if not activist, cycling community here in Tucson. And those folks, they, they are, um, a lot of them have smartphones, at least the ones who are uh, active enough to uh, notify the mayor's office in the city regularly about potholes and debris in the bike lanes. And so I'm hoping to work especially closely with the cycling community uh, once this is made available. Uh, and get them to use it. Uh, they're uh, on the streets, and they're actually closest to the streets when they're on them, uh, other than pedestrians. So uh, I, I actually expect uh, them to uh, be some of the early adopters and early advocates uh, for the system, and then hopefully more citizens will take it up later on. And, Andrew, when you talk about uh, you know the city facing severe budget problems, and I'm 
over here in California where I think, you know, every city will say that. And here you are rolling out a new program uh, for uh, kind of quality of life issues. Is it, uh, where are you uh, anticipating finding cost savings? Is it in getting citizens engaged and reporting the problem so you prioritize better? Can you ex- explain how it goes into, you know, helping your budget? Well, um I'm at the point now where, because of the cuts that we're facing, we're in danger of not being able to provide the level of services we've always delivered. So as much as anything, I'm trying to find new ways to make our systems more efficient just to be able to deliver a similar level of service, uh, not necessarily an expanded level of service. But in using the potholes, for example, uh, we spend uh, millions of dollars a year sending our trucks out to uh, fill potholes. They spend, and I've, I've talked with the, the director of transportation, with folks who uh, in the call centers who take in the information and then transfer it uh, one or two times <laughs> uh, through the chain till it finally gets to the folks uh, who actually fill the potholes. Uh, a system like this, uh, will make that entire system more efficient. There's also a lot of uh, lost time when the trucks are out there trying to find potholes. Uh, and sometimes a constituent will call in a pothole and uh, the trucks will go out there and they can't find them and they'll drive around for a while looking for them. Sometimes they'll find other potholes while they're out there and they'll fill them and that's great, but sometimes a constituent will call a couple of days later and say, why didn't you fill my pothole? And our systems will say, no, no, it got filled. And the constituent will say, well, no, it didn't. I'm standing next to it right now. So I believe that by using this kind of system, we can find a number of efficiencies throughout the, uh, the system as it, as it works now. And that will enable us to stretch our resources farther, fill more potholes, but also get the, the public engaged. Uh, like with this pothole, uh, again, using the potholes, for example, if I can have uh, citizens not only help identify and locate potholes with better quality data than they do now, uh, that helps us become more efficient, but also, as Ben referred to earlier, we're introducing something called Tucson's Top 10 Potholes, uh, which would be a website where all the photos of the potholes uh, would be um, collected, and any citizen can go and look at the pictures and vote on which potholes they think are the worst potholes. Uh, and what the city would do is commit to, you know, by a certain time and date, you know, like an eBay auction. They'd say, say, by Saturday night at midnight, whichever 10 potholes have the most votes, we would uh, fix those within 72 hours and upload photos of the fixed potholes uh, to be placed on the site next to the, uh, to the reported pothole pictures. If we can imp- implement that part of the system, then not only do we have citizens identifying and locating potholes, but also prioritizing them. And I think that can also help us uh, stretch our resources farther, because like I said earlier, sometimes we get these pothole reports, and I think the existing C-Click fix system and other reporting systems that are in place, uh, you know, you get the little dot on the map, it says, oh, reported pothole here. Uh, unless there's a picture, there's no real triage system. There's no way to for the city to determine the severity of the problem. Is it really a public safety issue uh, or is it just someone who doesn't like, uh, you know, a crack in the street on their residential street? Uh, so by implementing that piece to it, 
I think we can actually go a lot farther in stretching our uh, limited resources and uh, focusing on the worst problems first. And right now, is there already that ability to, to, to for citizens to send in photos with their uh, their complaints? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can um, you can take a photo with the issue. Um, you can this is web uh, or iPhone app, um, and then you can also go around and take photos of existing issues. So this is one of the things I like to do in New Haven is because you can see all the issues nearby on on the iPhone app. I can go around and. For uh, citizens who don't have, who have reported issues without photos, I'll, I'll uh, take a photo of their issue and add it to the existing issue. Um, and then uh, currently, you can't add a photo and close at the same time. So if I uh, see an issue that's been fixed, I'll take a photo of it, uh, add a comment, and then and then I'll change the close status afterwards. Uh, you know, one of the other things Andrew mentioned, um, being able to assess severity. In New Haven, we see um, the, the Parks Department is really, really overwhelmed here with uh, a backlog of, of trees being reported that need to come down from different uh, tree, tree illnesses. And being able to take a photo, a, having a citizen take a photo of the tree and sending it to the department uh, using C-Click Fix really can save them time because the inspector doesn't have to go out to see if that tree that's being reported is currently a public safety uh, hazard, which is at this point because they're so backed up, the standard for whether they're going to come out and take it down right away. So yeah, photo photo is worth a, a million words for sure. Mm-hmm. It's great. I like that I that uh, the top ten thing too. I, I'm a big fan of uh, you know lightweight competition to get people ex- inspired and excited about. You know, going back to the site and, and clicking, or you know, beefing up the the reporting profile, right? Making sure you've got the gnarliest picture of your pothole. Uh, mm. so, uh, you know, and I and think and additionally, it is that it shows responsiveness to the public. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a, there's often that belief that government doesn't respond quickly or uh, responds uh, to its own priorities rather than citizens' priorities, especially in an era where uh, our resources are limited. It's an, uh, an opportunity for us to show that we're responding specifically to the issues that our citizens are prioritizing. Uh, and again, the value not just of getting the picture of, in, say, a pothole, but the ability to put next to that picture the picture of the filled pothole. So there's a before and after, and there's a, uh, in some ways, proof uh, that the that government has actually solved the problem. Uh, there's a real benefit in that. It can help increase uh, trust and credibility in the city. Yeah, and I think I'd add from a community spe- perspective, when you add voting in, you know, the really great thing is that y- you can't you can't win with one vote. You have to get your neighbors involved, and and uh, you know, creating a system where where you're not only required to put your voice in, but also encourage others to put their voice in is is a system that'll you know improve communities in, in ways that go you know long beyond reporting a pothole. Yeah, no, I mean I think it's it's great, and uh, I'm glad to see uh, see you guys moving forward. I, I know just uh, my own personal life, I you know I got a smartphone not that long ago, maybe six months ago, and um, the way I use it to, to document you know whether I'm at a, a football game or, or someplace else, 
Um, I, I really see a, a big future in using these phones for stuff like civic engagement. And, uh, you know, I, I think there is a little bit of an issue that everyone doesn't have them now, but I think that's um, you're just seeing these huge trends of everyone getting uh, smartphones. So I think in you know, two to three years, um, it will be really powerful. I mean, you almost can't buy a phone without uh, a camera now, for example. Um, my mom was was asking me the other day, can I get a cell phone and not have a camera in it? And the, the, the answer is almost no. So I think there's a, a great future for this stuff. Yeah, Steve, you raise a good point, and that's a very sensitive issue for any local government. Uh, I anticipate, uh, and I've already heard the concern expressed within city government. Uh, in moving in this direction, are we excluding people uh, who don't have access to the technology from using the system? Uh, and the answer uh, is that, number one, uh, we will not change any of the existing methods that are available issues. So uh, there, the, the ability to use phone or email um, to report an issue is still there. Uh, but the other thing is that we're actually creating a new opportunity to communicate with the city. And, uh, you know, we think that's a good thing as more folks begin to get smartphones and learn how to utilize them. And the fact that we're going to be building uh, on a number of platforms uh, actually opens up even more opportunity for people to participate in local government, and that's a good thing. And gentlemen, we are uh, out of time. I want to thank you so much uh, for joining. It's been a, a great conversation. It's really good too to see, you know, going from concept to rollout, and uh, first in, in been in your own city, and now with uh, you know cities all over. Mm. Uh, and Andrew, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Sure thing, yeah. Andrew. Thank you. Folks can check out the Click Fix at cclickfix.com. You can visit the city of Tucson. You can follow Ben Berkowitz and Andrew Greenhill on Twitter uh, under their own names, the at sign, and their uh, full names with no space. And uh, thank you so much, uh, folks, for joining this edition of Government 2.0 Radio. Next week we'll be on with uh, Lewis Shepard, who is CTO of Microsoft's Institute for Advanced Technology and Government. Uh, thank you, and good night.